Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you happen to be, wherever you're traveling. We're so grateful to have you tuning in. And and, and when our family travels, uh, we always try to go to a physically gathering church. We think that's important. But, but on the occasion that we're in a location where that's just not possible, we choose to access worship through podcasts. There's just something about being out uh, oftentimes in natural beauty and, and listening to worship as opposed to watching it on a screen. So I know quite a number of you choose to access worship this way, but I don't know who's doing it. So uh, if you would be willing, I'd love to just have uh, you just email a quick line to let me know this is the way you access worship. Uh, my email is chapin, C-H-A-P-I-N, at godsacre.org chapin at godsacre.org. Just let me know this is how you uh, connect with us. And now uh, we want to head toward uh, the word for the day. We're looking at our memory verses from uh, the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, words that I'm sure you know uh, fairly well, or at least sound uh, vaguely familiar. But before we do that, let's listen to our very own Jen Kane uh, sing us into this moment with Revelation Song.
mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water, such a marvelous So, as I mentioned, we are going to look at the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Christians in Philippi. Uh, Fourth chapter, starting with verses four, and we'll go right through verse nine, where Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, And if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing these things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace, again, the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when you'll be uh, listening to this, but uh, if it's Sunday, uh, you received an extra hour uh, to get to uh, do whatever it is you were planning on doing. You get an extra hour today. We fall back, uh, which I know means at least on Sunday morning, many folks just fall back to sleep. But we did receive an extra hour this morning, perhaps for the second to last time, thanks to the proposed Sunshine Protection Act. Um, In my former church, we had this guy, Jeff, uh, who would always miss church on this particular day, Uh, which was odd because Jeff was part of a three-generation family who rarely, if ever, missed church. And after a few years, it became noticeable to me. Jeff Jeff was always missing when the clocks clocks were rolled back an hour. So I finally asked his wife, Cheryl, you know, why didn't we see Jeff? And she said, oh, Jeff never comes to church on this Sunday. You see, Jeff likes to save his extra hour for Monday morning for the week ahead. (laughs) <laughs> that prompted me uh, uh, for years to ask a, a check-in question around this time of year, which is, you know, what would you do if you were given an extra hour each week? 
What would you do if you had an extra or additional 60 minutes each week? Now, I've asked that question of children and adults over the, over the years. If on, if on Monday morning you were informed you had an extra uh, hour that week, how would you use it? You know, middle and high schoolers respond nearly unanimously. They say, you guessed it, that they would sleep. Uh, adults are a variation on that theme. Uh, you would rest or read or take a walk. You, you do something nourishing from, for your soul that you often don't take or make the time for, right? Um, rarely does anyone say they'd use the extra time to catch up on work or to-do lists. An extra hour, it's, it's not a lot of additional time, but apparently it would be quite a gift. Now, what that tells me is that we get pretty weary. The demands placed on us or the demands we place on ourselves really do take a toll. And if we could just get an extra hour, we would use it for restorative purposes, which makes sense, particularly in Connecticut. Uh, Do you know that Connecticut just took first place in a recently released national study? We're number one. Have you ever looked at community rankings for different things? You know, what are the best states to retire to in the U.S.? Not Connecticut. Where are the best places to vacation in the U.S.? Not Connecticut. What are the most tax-friendly states in the U.S.? Not Connecticut. Now, best schools? My word, we get pretty darn close, but not the top spot. Does anyone know where we truly excel? Apparently, according to this latest study, worry, stress, anxiety. If you want to live in a state of anxiety, good news. In Connecticut, you've arrived. Uh, It was a study that looked at Google trend data for a selection of stress-related terms. As a state, we look up stress, psychological stress, depression, and anxiety more than any other place in the country. So we've won. Now, truth be told, we don't need a study to tell us that we live in a world of worry. We are beset with uh, concerns for our health and our finances and our children and our grandchildren and the state of the world and the upcoming election and, and the wellness of our climate, on and on and on, you name it. And the biblical remedy for all our stress, according to the Apostle Paul, thank you, Paul, do not worry about anything. That's the, that's the antidote. Just don't do it. Stop worrying. Now, you've heard me say, too many times that the command to fear not or be not afraid or do not worry appears 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year. Now, honestly, I don't know if that's exactly correct. Seems like convenient counting to me, but, but it is that admonition not to worry is one of the most frequent commands issued in the Bible, which means I think that while we may live in a great state of anxiety, worry has clearly plagued our world for a very, very long time. Now, if it wasn't the Apostle Paul writing this, we, we might be forgiven for being dismissive of his encouragement. But, but if anyone in the Bible had things to worry about, I want to suggest it's Paul. He gives us a, a litany of things that afflicted him in his second letter to the Corinthians. He says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure, he writes, because of the churches. 
Yeah, Paul, thanks for the litany of woes. Why don't you just practice what you preach? Just don't worry about it. And apparently he didn't, though. I mean, that's the amazing thing. Uh, Paul was a pretty darn joyous guy. He says it in the beginning of our text. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And, and if you missed it, he, he repeats it again. He said, again, I say rejoice. Paul mentions joy and rejoicing 10 times in this brief letter to his church in Philippi. And, and his letters are littered with calls to rejoice and joy, be joyful. Now, how is that possible? I mean, we know Paul, Paul would sing while in prison chains and somehow get all his fellow conflict, convicts to join in harmony. I mean, who, who does that? What's wrong with the guy? Or what was right? You know, Paul believed that in all circumstances, there is peace to be found in God. In a world of worry, the God of peace and the peace of God is the remedy. Find yourself in the presence of God and you will find the peace you desire. Faith and peace go together for us as Christians. I mean, remember what Jesus said in the uh, 14th chapter of the Gospel of John as Jesus was preparing his own disciples for his departure. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You know, Jesus and prayer went together. Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, this is what I desire, but not my will, your will be done, right? The peace that Paul and Jesus spoke of was this Jewish concept of shalom. Shalom is not merely a term for um, an absence of conflict. No, no, no. It's a sense of wellness. It's a sense of, of wholeness, of complete well-being. And what Paul was saying was that in a world of worry, you can find the peace you seek in the presence of God. Okay, great. But, but how do we get there exactly? How do we get into the presence of God? Well, for Paul, the peace and presence of God was best experienced in prayer. You know, Paul had a heck of a lot, as I said, to be worried about and stressed about, but he said he prayed without ceasing. That's how he said. He said he prayed without ceasing. And that constant prayer tether to God had a way of calming Paul's soul and gave him the peace, the shalom, the inner calm and quiet that he needed. And he wrote about it. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then he says, and the peace of God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul didn't merely say, don't worry. No, no, no. He goes further. He tells us to pray. Make your request known to God. Offer thanks to God in all circumstances. Now, notice, Paul didn't say our specific request will be fulfilled, right? No, but, but entering into conversation with God has a way of bringing needed peace. It's kind of like the, the child who takes comfort in their parents' bed after a bad dream, or the child who finds healing being cradled in mom's lap after skinning their knee, or, or the child who finds support in the embrace and, and loving arms of a parent when their body is shaking with sobs. Your bad dreams will return. We know that. More knees will be skinned. Heartache and heartbreak will be experienced again. But in the presence of one greater than yourself, there is peace. You know, that's the way it is with God. And in Psalm 133, uh, the psalmist writes about being in the presence of God, of making one's way in the presence of God. Uh, the psalmist writes it this way, I have a calmed and quieted soul, like a weaned child with its mother. So a child who's been fed by, just been fed by its mother, like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like a weaned child that is within me. 
Entering into conversation with God is like being an infant resting in your mother's lap after being fed. Peaceful, calm, contented. Shalom. I'll tell you, in this world of worry, in this state of anxiety, what would you do if you got an extra hour each week, an additional 8.5 minutes a day? What would you do with it? I mean, that's not enough for a power nap. It's not. Nor is it enough to get through a chapter of the book that's on your nightstand, nor will it add much to your daily step count. But I'll tell you, 8.5 minutes is plenty of time to offer a good, long, honest, restorative prayer. 8.5 minutes a day of prayer might actually be 8.5 more minutes than you normally allot for a conversation with God. Now, I wonder if something as seemingly insignificant as 8.5 minutes of prayer would move us from a state of anxiety to a place of peace. And I further wonder if instead of dreaming that we would be magically given that time back, what if we decided to proactively make the time or take the time for that conversation with God? Would we discover that the God of peace and the peace of God we truly need has, as Paul suggests, been so very near to us all along? You know, there, there was no antidote to worry offered in that article detailing our new number one ranking as a state. And that might lead one to believe that we're just stuck. We're stuck where we are and as who we are, anxious people in a world of worry. But Paul would say the solution is simple. Stop worrying start praying. Find the peace you need in the prayer you offer. The shalom of God is experienced in conversation with the Lord. Now, I want to share with you a little poem that I remember as a child. Uh, It's one I've shared with you before, but I got to tell you, after eight years of ministry together, er everything's pretty much review at this point. So so here it is. It's referred to as the difference. It says, I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. God answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. God said, but you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided. My child, you didn't knock. So I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so very much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Let's pray together now. Uh, Lord, there are so many things that we are concerned about. The state of our world, the state of our country, the state of our health, the state of our families. And we don't often know what to do with the worry other than having it consume us. But there is an antidote that Paul puts forward, that Jesus employed, that has been a tether to you for so many, for generations and generations, and that is prayer. Like we're doing right now, Lord, prayer, just taking a moment to connect with you, to open our hearts to you, to to allow ourselves to be available to you. So, Lord, uh, in the coming week, instead of worrying ourselves sick, help us to turn to you and pray ourselves full. Uh, We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, church family, I hope you have a blessed week ahead. And as you go forth, may the Lord bless you and keep you.
May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.